time now for Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. Away we go. It's the Wednesday edition of Scoops with Danny Mac as we lead you into Ribs and BK. My name is Dan McLaughlin. 65780 if you want to text on in. And there's also the Rhino Shield mic drop. We've gotten away, Scotty, from the Rhino Shield mic drop. I don't want to do that. So if you want a mic drop, just go to the ESPN website, the app, Rhino Shield mic drop, or text us 65780 Air Comfort Service text line. Yeah, you just download that free 101 ESPN app. You click on the mic drop. You record a question for Dan, a comment. Less than 30 seconds. It sends it over to us, and then we play it on the air. It's awesome. I like this one. Danny Mac, just heard you talking about uh, Butterfingers. I love Butterfingers. This is from the 314. My kids one time came home with trophies on Halloween as a kooky old lady in the neighborhood was cleaning out her shelves in her house, and they got trophies. (laughs) That might be one of the oddest things that I've heard. Oh, that's funny. That is funny. Um, Yeah, I think the oddest one I got was um ice cream one time i actually got ice cream in my neighborhood they had they had it on dry ice and they thought i was going to go right back home and just send it you know send it into the freezer in so our a tub home. right little tub of it little, little tub and i got ice cream and i was always trying to be very nice and responsible young lad and i said to the older couple you know thank you very much i did my joke and they said okay here's your treat and i said great and I looked down, and it was ice cream. So I had to race back home, put it in the freezer, and then go back on my way. See, there was a lot of times that when I would trick-or-treat, I would be somewhere else. So I'd be at a friend's house, and I, so I wouldn't have been able to go back yeah, to their place to put it in. Oddest thing for me, though, Dan, definitely has to be the healthy food, like fruits, vegetables. Don't like that, that either. Kind of stuff. What are we doing? Toothpaste. It's everywhere at the stores toothbrushes come yeah, on i don't want that stuff no don't give, don't be that person yeah give the kids a lot of sugar let them get their candy let them have a little fun saturday night it's halloween uh two of my kids will be going out my twins the older ones um i don't know what they're gonna be doing i used to love it because my wife she would stay at home with the moms and it was my duty to go out with the kids so i love it do you do decorations oh yeah I even have a smoke machine. That's awesome. Yeah, I do the smoke machine with the eerie music. I get into it. I love Halloween. Dan, you know how I'm, I'm buying a house right now. So that's that's kind of something that you do is as a home buyer, you want to make your uh, outside of your house with decorations. As a kid for me, never got any at all. I called my dad after I went to Home Depot for the first time. By yeah. the way, great store. Um, but I said, Dad, this stuff why didn't we have it? You said it was so incredibly expensive. No. So I'm growing up thinking that these things are hundreds of dollars to get. And I see a couple of things that are like $10 that we can put in the yard. We were carving pumpkins yesterday. I bought my pumpkins yesterday. Love it. Love it. Get into it. Have fun with it. Kids love it. You're a kid at heart. Enjoy it. Exactly. That a boy. All right. We jump into the World Series. By the way, Brian Walton of the Cardinal Nation dot com will be um, my guest and we'll get into a lot of different things jeff albert the coaching staff colton wong is on the clock right now whether or not they pick up his option uh get into the world series justin turner designated hitter coming back to the national league which at this point it's not but that could change very quickly so all those things coming up with brian walden okay kevin cash kevin cash manager of the rays he's an analytically based manager tampa bay analytically based club all clubs are i get it but some go too far 
and this one went too far. Blake Snell is rolling last night. Pitch count, low 70s. He's throwing in the high 90s. He is rolling with his fastball. They're not touching his fastball, and yet they pull him because they don't want to see the Dodgers for the third time through. Blake Snell, if you're watching the game, uh, let's just say he wasn't real happy. They got a couple of looked like expletives on tape. And uh, he wasn't happy. Kevin Cash, afterwards, he described his decision-making process. The only motive was that um, the, the, the lineup, lineup the Dodgers features as potent as any team in the league. Personally, I felt Blake had done his job and then some. Uh, Mookie coming around for the third time through. Uh, I value that. Uh, I, I totally respect and understand the, the questions that come with it. Um, Blake gave us every opportunity to win. He was outstanding. They're not easy decisions. And that's where I came to the decision. I felt it was best after the guy got on base. Uh, Barnes hit the single. Uh, didn't want Mookie seeing Mookie or Seeger seeing Blake uh, a third time. The, the hardest thing for me is I was rolling. I was in a groove. Um, you know, I just really felt dominant. And I felt like I had them guessing. And, you know, I just... It's just tough for me, man. It's going to be tough for me for a while to, like, accept that and accept, you know, losing the World Series. It's it's a lot, man. I, I don't really know how to look at it. It's just it sucks. And whatever way you look at it, we lost. So if I would have stayed out there and we we lost. So losing sucks. And congratulations. Um, what was your reaction when they pulled uh, Blake Snow? I was pretty happy um, because he was uh, dominating us and we just weren't seeing him. So... You know, once Austin got that hit, then they went to the pen. I think that Mookie looked at me with a little smile, and we were just all kind of excited that Snow was out of the game. There is a place for analytics in the game. There is no doubt. Analytics is a huge part of baseball. Now it's a huge part of sports. Basketball's using it. Football uses it. Any sport. Hockey's using it. Baseball, though, was at the forefront of this in many ways of using analytics in the sport. But there's also the eye test. And the eye test showed you last night Blake Snell was rolling. Why would you take him out of that game? Now, people would say, well, now they've done this the entire year. You're not going to face that lineup third time through, especially a a lineup potent like uh, the Dodgers. I can understand that to a point, but this is the season on the line. It was analytics run amok. It was way too much. Blake Snell is rolling. And if I'm going down in my season, I'm saying that's a Cy Young Award winner. That's my guy. And if I go down, I feel okay going to bed tonight knowing that I went down with that guy and not with the guy I'm bringing in that has given up runs in six consecutive games. At least you can explain it to everybody at the end of the season. Hey, our son candidate, he's the guy that's brought us here. He won it a couple of years ago. He's dealing. He looks amazing. And no one in America yesterday said, huh? Okay, I can see it. You know, sometimes you get on Twitter and there's some hot takes going on or some different angles. There was none of that. Everybody was in agreement. And that's my point. I don't care what somebody else says. And I know that before the game, the the, the numbers say to do this. My eyes, my baseball people, Blake Snell, my catcher. How many times do you see Mike Schilt go to Yachty between innings and say, what are you, what are you seeing with that guy? What are you seeing with Wayno? What are you seeing with Jack Flaherty? Now keep him in. I've seen Yachty wave off Mike Schilt. I've seen Mike look into Yachty and say, mm, go get him. Yeah. You trust your players. That's part of baseball. Bad move. Bad move. 
you've got to go with the eye test. There's still that part of the game. The key to the series, talking with Carriker and Smallman, and I said this yesterday, I said it again this morning, it's Mookie Betts. Mike Trout, best player in the game. And right there, it's 1A, it's Mookie Betts, and now we're seeing why. I mean, we knew in Boston this guy was awesome. He's a great player. But when this guy gets on, he makes things happen. He does the little things, whether it was defense, some great plays in this postseason. They put him at second base at one point during the regular season. How he runs the bases. He ran the bases terrifically last night. Hits a home run. He does everything right. He is the catalyst. He's a difference maker. Mookie Betts, one of the best players in baseball. We needed uh, to scratch across another run right there just for, uh, you know, like you said, a little insurance. And, um, you know, that time it came came with the long ball. But, uh, you know, however however was, uh, however happened, it just needed to happen. Fairbanks delivers. And Betts with a fly ball to left field. Well hit. It's on its way. It's gone. Mookie Betts with a home run. Dodgers lead three to one, inching closer to the World Series championship on a home run by Mookie Betts. Uh, it just means everything. Um, you know, I was traded for to uh, to help get us over the hump, and so I just use that as as my fuel. Um, and you know, since day one, that was that's obviously been the goal to, to win a World Series, and so I'm just happy to be a part of it. No balls, two strikes, two out. Urias to Adamas. Call strike three. The Dodgers win. Finally, the wait is over. The Dodgers are the champions of 2020 in a year like no other where joy has been so hard to come by. Tonight, tears of joy. Let them flow. Tonight, there is joy in Mudville. The curse of 88 is 88 and out the gate and the Dodgers are celebrating out of the middle of the field between home plate and the pitcher's mound the Dodgers for the first time since 1988 32 seasons are the champions of baseball this is our year we said it this is our year everyone in this ballpark wearing Dodger blue Everyone all over the world wearing Dodger blue never wavered. This is our year. And these players right here show what toughness is all about. Resiliency. I've never been around a group that's closer, that's tougher, that I love more. And for guys like Clayton, I couldn't be happier for you, Kirsch. Couldn't be happier. You want to talk about a narrative How about being a champion? He's a champion forever. Kenley Jansen, what you've done, thank you. Justin Turner, thank you. Justin Turner, that's part of the story this morning, still developing, tested positive for COVID-19. Pulled late in the game. Ken Rosenthal, who was on the game for Fox, also writes for The Athletic, was asked about the post-game celebration with Justin Turner. Why he went on the field when he is positive, that is an excellent question. And my understanding from various people is that he was told not to go on the field or asked not to go on the field. He insisted upon it. The Dodgers insisted upon it. And that is why he was out there. And at one point, he did have his mask off. He was mostly masked 
but there was a point in the picture when he did take it off. What was the process of you being told that you had to take Turner out of the game? Yeah, it was basically uh, the trainer telling me that he had to come out uh, immediately because um, he tested positive. So um, at that point in time, I was trying to still manage a game to get other guys you know, ready to go. And I haven't seen Justin yet, so uh, that's all I know. This morning, Ken Rosenthal rode Turner 35, did not practice social distancing. He was hugged, shook hands with teammates remaining on the field for perhaps 20 minutes, often standing close to his wife, Courtney, who also had been part of the Dodgers bubble. He wore a mask but removed it for photo, uh, photos with Courtney and also for a team photo in which manager Do- uh, Dave Roberts was to his immediate right. President of baseball operations Andrew Friedman was to his left with only the World Series trophy between them. Friedman, when asked about the optics of that visual, said, quote, I haven't seen the pictures. I totally understand the question. If there are people around him with masks, that's not good optics at all. But I think from our standpoint, I think the people who were around him were the people that would be in the contact tracing web anyway, which is how closely a lot of us have been around each other. Now, I think subsequent tests we're going to take are really important to figure out what we do and to make sure any of us that are potentially positive do not spread it to the other people, end quote. Other people would be the camera people, the technicians, cameramen and women, Anybody that was on the field, but not a good look the way that that ended last night. We'll talk about that with Brian Walton coming up, and he is of the CardinalNation.com. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. This every Wednesday with Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. Wasn't sure we'd get to this point, but the 2020 season has come to an end. And I knew it was going to end one way or another, but we have a World Series champion, the L.A. Dodgers. We'll get into that in just a moment. But Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com, great to visit with you. How are things going? Well, Dan, it's a kind of a weird feeling here now that it's the first official day of the offseason. So now... The talk moves from play on the field in 2020 to what 2021 is going to look like. And at this point, it's anybody's guess. Yeah, it is. And we don't know about budgets. We don't know about fans in the stands in 2021. So that dictates a lot of what these teams uh, will be spending next season. One thing we do know, though, the Cardinals coaching staff will come back in 2021. You have written about that, in particular, Jeff Albert, the Cardinal hitting coach. Um and and let's let's dive into the coaching staff. Were you surprised at all at the entire coaching staff coming back for the Cardinals? No, really. Uh, John Mozeliak, you know, of course, had periodic Zoom um, conversations with the media over the course of the year, and he told us a number of different times that he felt that it wasn't fair to evaluate uh, any of the coaches given the 2020 environment being so unique, uh, and that you know he was going to make his final decision after the season was done, and they you know did their assessments which they did, and they decided that uh, Mike Schilt and his entire coaching staff would return. In the case of Jeff Albert, as folks know, the Cardinals made a commitment not only to Jeff Albert as a person, as an individual, but also a major change in how the Cardinals teach hitting across the entire organization because they changed coaches at the minor league level, they changed the coordinator at the minor league level as well, and this whole focus on on process and, and new technology. So it's not as simple as firing Jeff Albert, say, or, or not giving him a new contract. It would be admitting that the whole approach that they took two years ago uh, wasn't the right way to go and throw everything up and, and start over again. 
So, you know, I get why they gave, you know, 2020 was unusual in every way. I get why they gave it another year, but the bottom line is the Cardinals have not improved on offense. And given the environment, the financial environment that all baseball is in, I don't think any of us are, are hoping that, uh, you know, somebody like Nolan Arenado is going to run into, you know, right into town and, and save the offense for next year. So it's going to be a lot of, most of the same guys probably back for another year. And so you got to wonder, Hey, are the 2021 Cardinals going to be able to score any runs? What did you think then about Jeff Albert? I, I know you dove into a lot of those numbers on the website today, and you posted that this morning at thecardinalnation.com. Uh, kind of a lightning rod of, you know, some people are into the analytics, and that's great, and there's a, a place for it. Some people are like, well, the offense at times hasn't been great. We we, we need to see a different voice maybe. What, what did you think of, of Jeff Albert coming back? Well, the, the, I guess it gets down to how much of an impact you believe Jeff Albert has on an individual player. Now, maybe a young player, a guy just coming up, say uh, uh, a Dylan Carlson, maybe his approach isn't refined and he's open to some teaching. But you're talking about Paul Goldschmidt or, or Paul DeYoung. These guys are experienced major leaguers. They may make a tweak here or there, but they're not, you know, their whole hitting approach isn't getting remade. And for me, the bottom line is, are the Cardinals scoring more runs? Are they winning more games? And if you step back and look at runs per game, okay, in 2018, the first year, the last year before Albert came, the Cardinals were fifth in the National League in runs per game, the top third, good place to be. Albert's first year, they dropped to 10th. Now they're on the cusp of the bottom third. In 2020, down to 12th in runs scored per game. So the Cardinals are three from the bottom, four from the bottom in the league in runs scored. And the big area that they declined badly in 2020 was in slugging. And we know some of that was, you know, Mar Marcelo Zuna leaving and not being replaced. Some of it was Tyler O'Neill not stepping up. Some of it was DeYoung not hitting with power, you know, they're from the lineup top to bottom. And so you can't get rid of the entire offense. I get why they're not getting rid of the coaching staff. But if you look at the trend in each of Jeff Albert's years leading the Cardinals offense, they did a poorer job scoring runs. And, Again, with the same people likely to come back next year, it's hard to see how that's going to change. In terms of now the clock ticks on some of the guys that uh, you decide to bring back, Colton Wong has an option. you got arbitration-eligible players. Free agency begins once the World Series and that final out uh, is made. What is the timeline? Maybe uh, uh, educate uh, everybody on, on the timeline of what happens now in free agency in Major League Baseball. Well, let's take the Colt Wong situation first because that's a, a little bit unique. Uh, the Cardinals have an option on Colt Wong services for 2021 at $12.5 million. And there's been a lot of question, a lot of consternation. You know, are the Cardinals going to try to save money and potentially not pay Colt Wong his $12.5 million? They would basically non-tender him. They would turn down that option, which they have to make a decision on here in the next, in the next 24 hours. And I will tell you that I think that the Cardinals will definitely exercise that option, and here's why. If they say, no, we're not going to pay him that $12.5 million, they basically turn Colton Wong loose as a free agent and get nothing in return. The other 29 teams will line up falling all over themselves trying to resign him. He has value. So even if the Cardinals don't want to pay him $12.5 million next year, then they need to do exactly what they did with Jaime Garcia three years ago, and that is exercise the option and then trade him away for value because in the Jaime Garcia's case, they got John Gann in return, a nice, you know, a nice pickup. So I think the decision on Wong is going to be – that they're going to take the option. Whether they want to keep him or not, I think they will. But even if they don't, they can get value for him. And uh, the first player to be 
uh, tendered who had an option just like Long was Starling Marte in Miami. That happened, I think, overnight or late yesterday. And his salary is $12.5 million, but very similar to Wong's this next year. And uh, the Marlins decided to keep him around. So we'll see more of those decisions this year. There will be a lot of guys who are more borderline that will not be offered contracts, and that's going to flood a free agent market that's already expected to be uh, very tight for players to sign, given the money issues. In terms of last night, what we saw with the World Series, um, it was a great postseason. I, I love the expanded playoffs. I thought in general that was something that baseball will probably change going forward. Maybe they have to change the regular season. Who knows uh, to fit in expanded playoffs. But it was a great postseason. I thought it was a wonderful World Series. But in that game, I, I, I Blake Snell's got to stay in the game for me, Brian. And I know that's how Tampa Bay has managed their games if you're going to take him out, I just didn't understand Anderson coming in. Anderson has just struggled. He's been, he was awesome in the regular season, but he struggled in the playoffs and it blew up in their face. What, what did you think of game six last night? It felt like push button managing me, Dan. It, it's like it was programmed in like you're like the radio in your car, you're in your old car where you push the button and you know, it pop, it popped to the station. No pitcher pitches through the third time through the lineup. Boom take him out at the first sign of trouble. Boom, bring in the guy who was successful all along. Forget the fact that Anderson's been scored on in his last six outings. He's our best reliever, so by golly, we're bringing him in next. And you could just see the Dodgers were literally jumping with glee when they saw the Rays take Snell out of the game. I mean, you make a move that that gives the momentum to the other team before the reliever ever throws a pitch. It's just has, It's just so disappointing to see the World Series decided – by someone other than the players on the field. I think it's going to take a long time for Cash to, to live down that, that move that he made last night. And it's just, it's just too bad because you got to love the fight that the Rays, you know, gave. And they, you know, they're, they're a better team than the end results showed. I, I was hoping as a baseball fan that it would go to seven games. I, I thought we were going to have a game seven because of Snell. And he was electric last night. And there's a place... As you know, you dive into the numbers. I dive into the numbers. There's a place for that. But, man, there's a place for the eye test, too. And when you see a guy rolling like that, and, by the way, he had really dominated the top portion of the, the Dodger lineup, too. That that was the thing that I, I just – I was like, man, this is one time you got to go away from that, and you got to stay with the eye test here. And, and again, it could have blown up the other way if he stays with him. And then everybody said, well, why would you go away with everything that brought you here? So I get it. There's there, There's that part of it, too. But I just really felt that Snell deserved to stay in that game. And his pitch count was low, and he was still throwing hard. Yeah, let's talk about that. 73 pitches is all Blake Snell threw. There's no reason he couldn't have thrown a 100-pitch complete game. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. But, I mean, he was on that kind of trajectory. And, by the way, I saw a stat. I, I'm sorry, I can't credit the source. I don't remember. Snell threw 29 fastballs. Zero of them were put in play. Wow. I mean, the guy that had nine strikeouts through five and a third innings. I mean, it was just, there's no way in the world that you could justify that any of the pitchers that the Rays had on the shelf were going to come in and be as effective as Blake Snell had been. The guy gave up one measly hit, his second hit of the game, and he gets the hook. He didn't even get a chance to pitch until his team got behind. It was just, it was just over-managing. It was push-button managing. It was just disappointing to see. Now, I will tell you, Dan, the backlash about analytics versus scouting, it's brought that whole thing up again. And this isn't really what this is about. This is about how teams use the data that they have. It's not that the data is bad. It's not that the information is bad. But it's still a game played by humans, managing by humans. And, you know, we've heard years of Tony La Russa talking about men, not machines, right? And it's just, 
you know, like anything, if you swing the pendulum too far one way or the other, you're going to get out of balance. And in this particular case, the book that obviously Cash was managing by didn't give him enough flexibility to see what everybody else in the world could see, and that was leave the guy in. I got to wonder what baseball would have done if there was a Game 7 and Justin Turner is positive for COVID-19. Uh, would we be playing a Game 7 tonight? I, I don't know if we would be. What do, you, what do you think, Brian? Well, we haven't yet heard whether any other members of the Dodgers have tested positive. They, the, the word that got out from Fox last night was that um, Justin Turner had an inconclusive test on Monday, and so they rushed his Tuesday test through immediately. They didn't say what happened with the other Dodgers tests, but as soon as they learned that Turner had tested positive, they got him out of the game, which was a great thing to do. But we don't know how many other people on that team were infected. And by the way, now they're all in Texas. They want to go home for the offseason. How long are they going to get quarantined? Uh, you know, it's, it's just not a good situation. And then that was exacerbated by the fact that after the game, after Turner had been separated from everyone, his teammates urged him and he followed to come back out on the field and celebrate with everybody. So you got a COVID positive guy who's out in the field with hundreds of other people running around, including a lot of non-baseball personnel. It was just an irresponsible move. And I, I get why the Dodgers want to celebrate, but baseball is supposed to be setting an example for the rest of the world. And what Justin Turner did was really, really a bad thing for the people who are innocently there, as well as a bad look for baseball. I'm going to wrap it up with this. The designated hitter is always a hot button. So we had it this year in both leagues, and there was some news that the DH, well, could it be in baseball next year in the National League? May it not be in the base uh, in the National League next year for baseball? Um, what do you think we're, we're going to have next year with uh, the DH? Well, there was a report that said, uh, as of now, the designated hitter will not be in place in the National League in 2021. And that's absolutely true, as of right now. But guess what? As of right now, nothing's decided for next year. If they can't play 162 games, how are the players going to be paid? What's the format of expanded playoffs going to be next year? We don't know any of that. So the point is, yes, there is no designated here right now, but it's got to be negotiated like everything else on the table. And, you know, it's unfortunate because on one hand, you'd like to see the decision on the designated here one way or another right up front. Teams can better plan how they build the rosters, free agents, like a Nelson Cruz, for example, who's a free agent from the Twins, can decide whether I've got to look at American League teams only or whether I can look at National League teams too. So there are a lot of reasons why it'd be nice to decide the designated hitter now. But the reality is it's probably not going to get done that soon. And let's face it, it worked okay in 2020, even though the decision wasn't made until, what, June or July, literally right before the season started. And in the case of the Cardinals, I went back and looked at the numbers, and I was really surprised. I expected to see – that the, that the Cardinals, you know, did not benefit from the designated hitter. But as it turned out, the numbers say that the Cardinals, as a team, their designated hitters were better than the other designated hitters in the National League. They were in the, they were in the top uh, rank, uh, in the top three or four by pretty much every stat uh, in, the, in the National League. So, you know, the Cardinals benefited. I'm a traditionalist. I was kind of, you know, hey, let's keep the designated hitter away as long as we can. But – you know, the Cardinals benefited from it. Now, we don't know, you know, what the roster is going to look like next year. Brad Miller, who was the the primary designated hitter with Matt Carpenter, the secondary one, you know, he's probably not going to be back. Or if he does resign, it's going to be much later. So, you know, we don't know how the Cardinals are going to make their roster up yet. But the designated hitter wasn't the end of the world for the St. Louis Cardinals in 2020 by any stretch. Hey, Brian, what are you working on right now at thecardinalnation.com? Well, I've just posted up this morning a, a look at Jeff Albert that we talked about. 
have had uh, stories about a couple different stories about the designated hitter. I'm working on something right now, going back and looking at uh, Randy Rosarena and Adolis Garcia, who are two outfielders that the Cardinals signed out of Cuba in the 2016 timeframe and how their trajectories uh, differed and how they were looked at as prospects over the years, because there's been a lot of focus on, on how the Cardinals missed on Randy and Adolis Garcia was a guy that most of us thought was a better prospect for most of their, their careers. And he's a guy that's just, you know, hanging on the edge of the 40 man roster down in, in uh, Texas. So that'll be coming in the uh, upcoming days too. And then of course we'll get into free agency and the things we sort of just touched on uh, briefly before. Hey, great stuff as always. We'll catch up next Wednesday. Thanks, Brian. Take care, Dan. Always appreciate Brian Walton on these Wednesdays. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. I was shocked. I saw Kevin Cash from the dugout. I was right there. I literally looked to my left. I was like, what is going on? Uh, we were kind of joking around in the dugout. We were like, man, that, way to get him out in the six. Like, that's what we wanted to do, get him out in the six and I mean, we did that. Um, we didn't hit him at all, but he was nasty today. He was on his hit on his A game and uh, kind of got up, flipped his snare. Mookie got a hit right away, and we just kind of took off from there and tried to take advantage of that opportunity. Cody Bellinger, after the game, his reaction in the dugout when they took out Blake Snell. His reaction, shocked. Mine, shocked. My thought, dumb. Not smart. Cost him. 73 pitches, as Scott just said there on the update 29 fastballs, zero were put in play. And he had dominated the top of the lineup. But that's what they did. Uh, Some news, breaking news. Number nine, Wisconsin has paused all team-related activities, football, for at least seven days due to an elevated number of COVID-19 cases within the program. As a result, their game this weekend at Nebraska has been canceled, will not be made up. A release from the university states that a total of 12 people within the program had tested positive for COVID-19 in the past five days. Among them are six student-athletes, six staff members, including their head coach, Paul Christ. And um, he said, quote, this morning I received the news that I had tested positive via a PCR test that I took yesterday. I informed my staff and the team this morning and I'm currently isolating at home. I had not been experiencing any symptoms and feel good as of this morning. And we talked about it with the Big Ten. No off days, eight straight weeks. This is the kind of uh, issue that they would have with their potential return to play. And it's going to be very tough if you're in Ohio State and they get hit with this to say, well, they got four weeks in or they get five weeks in to go against an SEC team to try to get into uh, the the football championship. It's just going to be very tough for them to do. And there's so much more pressure now on the other teams and Wisconsin because they're not going to be able to play for a couple of weeks or without, you know, at least they're starting quarterback without for a couple of weeks. And then it comes down to the Big Ten championship too. So you have an opportunity that a Wisconsin team that could play half the schedule that Ohio State plays. We're just being hypothetical here. That, that'll be the Big Ten championship. Then how can you understandly pick Wisconsin if they beat Ohio State with three or four less games? 314, Danny Mack. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jack Peterson? Like him a lot. He's 28, probably could get him on a one year deal. I think there's going to be a lot of guys that you can get on a one year deal. The thing I love about him, he destroys right handed pitching. So if you've got Harrison Bader coming back, and by all intents and purposes, he's coming back, love Bader against lefties. Love him against lefties. Peterson that would get to start against right-handed pitching, if not even more. And if Peterson is looking for a one-year deal to kind of cement a resume to go back into what would be a quote-unquote normal offseason to sign a long-term deal, say, look, we'll give you every opportunity. We're going to start you for sure against right-handed pitching. Primarily, you're only going to see righties anyway. 
But then we'll also give you some starts against lefties, too. You didn't get the production you needed out of O'Neal, Bader, Thomas. Jock Peterson would be a guy I'd take a hard look at coming back uh, this season for the St. Louis Cardinals, potentially in free agency. Danny Mack, uh, how could they uh, take him out when he's in the zone? I'm assuming you're talking about Blake Snell. Yeah, hit on it. I, I just can't. And I, I, you know, I'm a I'm a numbers guy. I love analytics. I think analytics are tremendously helpful for the game. But I'm a big eye test guy too. And at that point in time, like I said before, if I'm managing and I'm going to go down or I'm winning, I'm going down with a guy that's won a Cy Young. There's a resume there. There's a there's a history there of success. I, I got to go with Blake Snell. And it wasn't like he hadn't taken care of the top of the lineup in a previous game, too. You know, he had done that as well and had already done it that night and had already been dominating with a fastball. You did the Dodgers a favor. So, yeah, when a guy's in the zone, you do it. I mean, you know, look at just a, a season ago, we had Adam Wainwright on the mound uh, uh, yesterday on the show, and he was on the mound late into games this year, late into games into postseason play. That would never happen with other teams. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but sometimes you just got to play the guy and let him go. And by the way, the Rays bullpen hasn't been the Rays bullpen of the regular season in the World Series. They've been giving up runs. They haven't been locked up. They haven't been shut the door type of stuff from everybody, especially the guy that comes in. So you're telling me that you want to take the ball out of a guy's hand who just gave up a base hit to the nine-hole hitter just because of that? No, no, absolutely not. Let's cross it over. Ribs BK, they're coming up next on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. All right, Ribs BK coming up next. Not much to talk about with Game 6 of the World Series. Good thing baseball didn't provide us any content from last night. Over the last four or five months either. Oh, my God. What do you think? Incredible. Okay, like a lot of takeaways from it. I... uh... Where do you start? Yeah. Like I know we BK and I got three hours and we're going to get into everything. And I basically told him it's like having four pounds of you know what yep. and trying to stick it in a three pound bag right now. It was uh, it, first of all, I applaud baseball for getting through all this and getting through a World Series and they did it by the skin of their teeth. Literally, I mean, who knows if if you know if Tampa Bay comes back last night and wins? Uh, who knows if we're playing today because yeah. of what's going on with Justin Turner? And I guess we'll find out more as the days go by. Um, I thought the postseason was awesome. Generally speaking, I think it was great. Uh, the move by Kevin Cash, obviously very questionable. Didn't agree with it. Um, just there's just so much to dissect, man. And now free agency starts. Well, the clock have, started, right? Oh, yeah, it started right now. And you've got a decision on Colton Wong. That clock has started to pick up his option. So there's there's a ton to get into right now. It's fun. It's going to be interesting for yeah. sure to yeah. see, you know, home, regionally here at yep. home to see the Yachty, Wayno, Colton Wong decisions, and then to see Major League Baseball. Where are they going with this Justin Turner thing? How do they explain it? How does he explain it? Like, just wacky stuff. I'm curious as a former player, and I, look, I, I can understand that you're you're caught up in the moment, and he is a by all accounts. I don't know Justin Turner personally. I just know what I read. I know what I hear. Mm -hmm. And by all accounts, he is as likable a guy and a clubhouse leader and uh, a captain. He's a great story. He was a minor league free agent that kind of rolled the dice on himself, remade his Mm -hmm. swing, and became a a leader and a a terrific player. 
what I'm trying to figure out is you can get caught up in the moment of winning a championship. You you played on great teams, and I understand that, but these are different times to where somebody has got to pull him aside and say, look, we will get you a photo with the championship trophy. We will get you on the field, but you cannot be around people. That was my biggest thing, Danny, is even as a player, I would have been self-aware at that point, and I would have said, hey, can we put the trophy, like, on a table somewhere. I'll walk out with my wife or girlfriend. I don't know if she's whatever. And stand behind it with her, take a picture with it, and that's it. Then I'll go back alone over to my own area. I don't want to be near the guys. I'll give them the air high fives from 25 feet away. But you know what, Rivs? It's not only about the the team. It's about the peripheral staff. It's about the people of Fox Network down there and the cameramen and the women and Major League Baseball. It's... How about the opposition? The opposi- he played, what, six innings? Seven innings well, before he I, got I guess, yanked? Well, I guess they didn't know, so they had the, the... the It wasn't conclusive until later, and then they pulled him out when they, they got the positive test. But just afterwards, you know, you can't be there. No. It's really that simple. You can't go out and well, take that picture like that. Tampa Bay, they're sitting there, and they lose the World Series. And then what if like five of them test positive for COVID? Now talk about getting a crap sandwich for your season, right? Well, yeah. So I, I, I was just I wanted Extra to ask you that on the side too. As a player, would you have pulled him aside and said, or as a leader of the team, and he, I, I, he is a leader of the team. He's one of them. You know, do you say, hey man, we love you, but you gotta, you gotta. I think s- Dave Roberts has to step up there too, because player to player, it can be awkward because he is one of the leaders and whatnot. I think there is wiggle room there where you can say, hey dude, I get it, but. Like, there's a lot of people around here, and we, we can't be risking this. But I think Dave Roberts has to step up, too, and be like, hey, whoa. You know, and if there's security there from the league. like Or Major League Baseball security. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Somebody step up and, and help him get his moment with the trophy. Help him enjoy it, but at the same time, keep everybody safe. Yeah. What do you have coming up on the show? Well, we're going to talk about, uh, oh, I don't know, some of these things we yeah. just tossed around. We're going to talk to Chris Kerber today, voice of the Blues. There's some things heating up in the hockey world, and... So we'll catch up with him, and we're going to have a lot of fun, just like we always do, bud. Looking forward to it. Ribs BK, Scotty, great job. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 on 101 ESPN. You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN.